There's no secret formula for scaling support and boosting customer satisfaction. But there is the all-new service hub from HubSpot, bringing service and support together in one powerful platform so you can deliver the best experiences possible and free up reps' time with an AI-powered help desk. Also, you can keep customers happy. Secrets out. Service Hub is a game changer. Visit HubSpot.com service to learn more. What's going on, everyone? It's Wednesday, December 14th. I'm Zachary Crockett here with Rob Litters, and you're listening to The Hustle Daily Show. Today, we've got a special guest on the show with us. Lestrandra Alfred is the managing editor of Marketing News at HubSpot. And like many of us, she's also a fan of Mariah Carey. Now, those of us who are a little on the older side know that Mariah is a legend. She's one of the best-selling musical artists in history. She sold 220 million records, and she's had 19 number one singles on the Billboard Hot 100. That places her above Elvis all time. She's also the queen of Christmas. And in recent years, the holiday has become her biggest cash cow. Lestrange is going to break down how All I Want for Christmas is You became a juggernaut and how Mariah's branded herself into a holiday superstar. But before we get into that, let's just take a quick look at what else is going on in business and tech. Lawmakers introduced a bill that seeks to ban TikTok in the United States. TikTok, of course, is owned by the Chinese tech company ByteDance. And the concern here is that the Chinese government may have the ability to access or censor data from users in the U.S. The proposed bill would essentially block all transactions in the U.S. by social media companies with 1 million plus users based in countries considered to be foreign adversaries. This isn't the first move to ban TikTok in the U.S. The app is already restricted on government-owned devices in seven states and on devices owned by U.S. military personnel and State Department officials. United Airlines just dropped about $25 billion on 100 Boeing 787 Dreamliners in order to expand long-haul travel options. That move comes as travel continues to pick back up, and United plans to outfit these new planes with more premium seating to boost revenue. Three Canadian parents are suing Epic Games, alleging that their kids are so addicted to Fortnite that they won't eat, sleep, or shower. An attorney for the plaintiffs equated the addictive nature of Fortnite to tobacco. Some Twitter news. The company has reportedly disbanded its Trust and Safety Council, an advisory group of around 100 independent civil and human rights organizations that the company formed in 2016 to address hate speech, child exploitation, and other issues on the platform. And relatedly, Elon Musk is no longer the richest person in the world as of Tuesday. Tesla shares have dropped 6%, and that title now belongs to LVMH CEO Bernard Arnault, who is now worth $186.2 billion. And lastly, songwriters Nathan Butler and Sean Hall, who sued Taylor Swift five years ago for allegedly using their lyrics in her hit song, Shake It Off, have settled their suit. The song's credits are going to remain unchanged. And on the topic of hit songs, today we're talking about All I Want for Christmas is You. I know all three of us on the call are very familiar with Mariah's other repertoire, but this seems to just be a hit of hers that really has a lot of staying power. Before we kick it off here, let's just briefly talk about the history of this song. It came out in 1994 as part of Mariah's album, Merry Christmas, right? Yes, that is correct, which apparently Mariah actually didn't want to record because she Mm. felt like Christmas music was for has-beens. 1994, Mariah was at her peak, so interesting to see how her perspective has changed now. (laughs) Yeah, that is kind of 
the arc of a lot of recording artists. Like you start recording Christmas albums when you're a little washed up, right? Don't really have too much material left. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but that absolutely was not the case for Mariah. She was very much still in her stride. The crazy thing about this song is obviously it was pretty successful when it first came out, but it just has continued to surge in popularity over time. This year, something crazy kind of happened. Yeah, yeah. So in 2019, 25 years after its initial release, the song actually hit number one on the Billboard Hot 100 for the first time. This was the second time a Christmas song has ever done this. I believe the only other time that happened was from the Chipmunks, I believe in (laughs) 1958. Okay. (laughs) But what Mariah had that the Chipmunks did not was social media. And social media has played a really huge role in this song increasing in popularity over time. Hmm. In fact, in 2019, when it did go number one, a lot of that was due to the work that Carrie and her lambs, uh, her her Hmm. stan group of fans, did to really boost streams for the song. She essentially ran her own Twitter campaign, encouraging her fans to stream the song. Mm. She also partnered with a few brands. She worked with Amazon to release a mini documentary of the making of the song that year. She partnered with Spotify to create her own Christmas playlist. Mm. She created some holiday content for Cosmo. She basically was like her own influencer campaign for her own song. And it ended up generating enough buzz to get the song to number one in 2019. And it has returned every year since then. Wow. I don't care how many times I hear this song. It's so much better than the Chipmunks. It's true. (laughs) Like, that's just crazy that that's the other number one song. Right. And that it took 60 years to get (laughs) a a Christmas song to number one. (laughs) Yeah. I always hear this term lambs thrown around. Like, what's the deal with Mariah's stand group? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like how Beyonce has, you know, the beehive. Lady Gaga has little monsters. Mm -hmm. Rihanna has the Navy. Mariah has her lambs. Those are her fans who have been devoted to her. You know, anyone who's familiar with Mariah Carey's career has known that she's had some ups and downs. She had some very triumphant highs in the 90s. She had some lows in the early 2000s and then made a comeback. Mm -hmm. And so her lambs were the ones who really stuck with her through it all. Wow. Les, do you have any idea where the nickname lambs comes from? Oh, that's a really good question. I don't. I want to say Mariah herself coined it, but I don't know why she did. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure somebody will write in with some research on that. Yeah. Tell us where the term lambs comes from. Yeah. It's pretty nuts. Like, I guess this question always comes up when something just becomes immensely popular. It almost seems like magic. Like maybe it's just that something is just so good that people can't ignore it. But you often forget there are these huge sort of pushes behind the scenes, these concerted efforts to keep things relevant and sort of popular over time. Definitely. And over the past few years, I think we've seen Mariah and her team play into it more and more. The evening of Halloween, I remember being on TikTok and seeing her post a video like Mm. riding a Peloton dressed as a witch and she goes, it's time. And her like crazy whistle register. And then All I Want for Christmas is You starts playing. So she is now almost seen as the figure who takes us from spooky season to the holiday season. Wow. And she's embraced okay. it and played into it. That's actually crazy that you say that because somebody from Sonos reached out to us about some crazy data that showed that like people are starting to listen to Christmas music earlier. And yeah. the most played song on Sonos 
radio, I think they have like their own streaming service um, that some people use who have Sonos speakers was all I want for Christmas is you. And people started jamming it like in October in crazy amounts. Yeah. It re-enters the charts in October every year, which is interesting. But I think part of why the song has been able to do this is the nature of the holiday season. I think Mm -hmm. as soon as people start to get sick of it, the holidays are over and then you don't hear it for another year and the cycle can just repeat over and over. It's really interesting to see. Yeah. Zach, I feel like we talk a lot about nostalgia on this show and this is like the ultimate nostalgia play too. (laughs) It's like, it makes you feel warm and cozy, like getting ready for the holidays. All I want for Christmas is you comes on and you got your eggnog in one hand and I don't know, you're stalking in the other. (laughs) I can't think of another song that like bifurcates the public as much as this song. Totally. Like 50% of the public loves this song. Like they can't get enough of it. (laughs) Every year when Christmas comes around, my fiance is like belting this song out. It's her favorite (laughs) Christmas hit. And then the other half of people just, they're probably cringing when they saw like Mariah (laughs) post that video. They're like, oh, not again. It's this time of the year again. Right. It's just such a divisive song. It is. (laughs) Maybe it's just the fact that it's so familiar at this point and it's just like such a mainstay that I don't know. Well, people obviously aren't tired of it (laughs) if it keeps going back. (laughs) Enough people aren't tired of it and how infectious it is. Yeah. I actually saw this tweet that Billboard, you know, tweets out things that are happening with the charts. Back in October, when the song re-entered the chart, Billboard tweeted about it and someone responded. Actually, I pulled up the tweet. Let me read it. Hmm. They said, climate change has her defrosting early this year (laughs) when the the song charted on October 31st. So that just goes to show the range of feelings people have about the song. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. It's going to be crazy if this is what Mariah Carey's remembered for. Because like, honestly, the rest of her catalog is so good. Her greatest hits album was literally one of my favorite albums growing up. And like Daydream, I think she had an album called Butterfly or something. Mm -hmm. Like there are so many albums that I remember playing from Mariah Carey. Yeah. And like her straight up, just the regular albums she was putting out were so good. It's just crazy that this could be the one that's kind of at the top line of her Wikipedia forever. Right. Of the top 10 best-selling female albums of all time, I want to say like three of them are Mariah Carey's, like three of her earlier albums. I mean, Mm -hmm. selling like 30 plus million records in the 90s, which is crazy wild. Pre-streaming, pre-all of this. Those are wild numbers. And the fact that over the past few years, this one Christmas song that she wrote in like 15 minutes and didn't even want to do (laughs) is like surpassing all of that. Yeah. Well, Lestrandra, you and I were talking last week and you raised something really interesting, which is just that younger generations like Gen Z, sometimes you'll see on TikTok, like they only know Mariah for this song. Right. I actually saw someone on TikTok. I don't know if they were trolling or if it was a joke, but they suggested that she was a one hit wonder. And this is like her oh one song. <laughs> so there's just a lot of sort of uh, younger generation ignorance. Slander. Oh, my millennial heart just <laughs> breaks and withers. <laughs> yeah. But I guess as a part of Mariah Carey's effort to go all in on Christmas and rebrand herself as this Christmas oriented artist, is there a fear there that she might sort of lose some of the history of her older albums? That's a good question. I mean, if there is a fear, she doesn't seem too afraid from my perspective, how much she's playing into this song. She makes about two and a half million dollars a year from this song alone, estimated. So over $70 million from this one (laughs) song, which is just like 
a phenomenal piece of repurposed content, I must say, as a marketer. It's like a <laughs> prime example of repurposing content. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I think time will only tell, but she doesn't seem too afraid. And I feel like the lambs are, are pretty loyal and appreciate the rest of her music. <laughs> I feel sure. like she's kind of created this path too, because now the interesting thing is finding out like what modern artists are going to land in the Christmas canon. Because like right. you see like Ariana Grande has, I think it's like Santa Tell Me. Mm-hmm. She's always on the Christmas playlist. Justin mm-hmm. Bieber has a few songs, but like you look back and it's like NSYNC has one, like the Happy Holiday song. It's like always on the Christmas. It's so Mm -hmm. weird when you look back at the bands that make those holiday song playlists, like Wham has one. It's it's really (laughs) crazy, like who actually makes the cut, but I feel like she's kind of made it this big business thing that's actually really cool. And people are trying to do that now, I bet. Yeah. I definitely think we'll see more artists try it and especially try it with creating original Christmas music. Yeah. Well, on that note, there is another sort of interesting element to this story that I came across, which is that, you know, she's adopted sort of the informal moniker of Queen of Christmas. And I don't think anyone disputes that Mariah is the Queen of Christmas with uh, (laughs) two and a half million dollars in annual sales from one song. But um, one sort of funny thing about that is that there was another artist that is actually suing Mariah Carey over that title, Elizabeth Chan, this artist who only releases Christmas music. And she actually had a 2021 album called The Queen of Christmas. (laughs) She's just on a mission to stop Mariah Carey from using that title. So there's sort of a battle behind the scenes playing out. Uh, over the Queen of Christmas title. Yeah, like the Christmas diva battle. I mean, you know, (laughs) Yeah. may the best person win. Yeah. Mariah's got it in my book. (laughs) I don't care if there's any um, copyright or something on that. Mariah's got the throne in my book. Yeah. No offense at all intended to Elizabeth Chan, but I'm with you, Rob. (laughs) Yeah, the people have spoken. When you're raking in two and a half million on one song, I feel like you earn that crown. You're right. I mean, when a good amount of the public is ready for you to announce whether it's time for Christmas, that might be a <laughs> yeah. good indication. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for us today. Thanks for tuning into the Hustle Daily Show. We're a proud part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. Our editor today was Robert Hartwig, and our executive producer is Darren Clark. We've got a lot more tech and business coverage for you in our newsletter. If you're not subscribed, go and get yourself signed up over at thehustle.co slash email. That's thehustle.co slash email. We'll catch you all tomorrow.